Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. All right. Welcome to the first ever episode of the Critical Hits podcast starring me, the star. I'm editing that out immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. My name's Tony. Know that one. Introduce yourselves. My name's Tony. I'm David. And I'm Luke. And we are Critical Hits Podcast. Welcome, and welcome, welcome. This is going to be a part of our Marvel Madness series where we're going back through the MCU and uh, reviewing movies. I believe most of us have seen all of them. I think, Luke, you haven't seen a couple. Yeah, I've seen, so, I have not seen quite a bit. I haven't seen okay, any so, Captain so America except your, for... Okay, so it'll be your first time viewing a lot of these yeah. movies. Me and David, I'm pretty sure, David, you've seen all of them, right? I've seen all of them aside from The Hulk. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> and everyone's yeah. first time viewing The Hulk except me. Woohoo. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to be going through the MCU, kind of revisiting these movies, reviewing them, judging them based on our, our thoughts and what we see. I wouldn't say we're all super huge fanboys of the MCU, considering, like I said, Luke hasn't seen it. I am, so I'm going to be biased. I just I want like the audience it, to know that right away. But I'm not like a fanboy, so. Yeah, right, I've seen the blockbusters, but I don't really care that much. <laughs> so the first movie we're doing, we're obviously starting with the first movie in the MCU, Iron Man. Uh, Iron Man was came out in 2008. Damn. So 13 years ago. I think it was in fucking like the summer. Yeah, May. It was in May. Uh, Jesus, I was so young back then. I was still in high school when this movie came out. Uh, it started. I was like, what, middle school? Yeah, this is a no. I wasn't in middle school. I was like in elementary school, even. What the hell? Directed by John Favreau, who would go on to make you know Mandalorian and be like everything revered. good, anything, everything good. Yeah, pretty much goal. everything good. Um, written by Mark Fergus and Hawk Ostby, but there should be a asterisk next to that because i have some trivia about the writing of this movie that we'll get into later when we get into the trivia section um stars robert Downey jr gwyneth paltrow and terrence howard in a breakout role terrence the howard just of his career throwing heat throwing fastballs 100 mile an hour fastballs in this movie so iron man obviously is a movie about a character named tony stark just to kind of summarize the movie he's a weapons developer who finds out that his weapons are bad and decides to make different weapons that only he can use so that the bad guys can't use his weapons too. I'm pretty sure, like, that was one of my big things watching it, is like, all right, <laughs> he's trying to stop these people from making weapons, but he's just making better ones in turn. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't want weapons sold to the bad people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His whole thing was that he, he assumed super naively that only the United States were getting his weapons, but... As we all know, the United States likes <laughs> to supply weapons to other places. Kind of in the first the vein of the MCU doing this, like where they reflect real life in their movies, yeah. uh, kind of showing like the whole, I, like making him a weapons profiteer in a time where weapons profiteers, you know, it's all like researchable. You can go find out. They sell weapons to every country. It doesn't matter. Yeah. They just profit off war. They have no sides. So, um, yeah, that, that was a little weird when I saw Marvel, it. But... Classic Marvel. So the, the premise is him deciding that he doesn't want to do that and makes new weapons. He flirts a lot with Pepper, flirts a lot with Phil Coulson, flirts a lot, a lot with everybody. Yeah, 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 flirts yeah. a lot with everybody. Uh, ends up, he has a uh, 
co-CEO, I guess. They don't really ever say what he is, but he is a co-CEO, Jeff Bridges, yeah. absolutely laying down heat, is fucking Obadiah Stane. Uh, Obadiah Stane. Where he, you know, obviously becomes pissed that Tony doesn't want to sell weapons anymore. They, you know, yeah. he makes his own suit. They fight, yada, yada. Simple uh, origin movie. This is kind of the first... The first of the formulaic origin movie in Marvel, if you ask me. Like, this is the first one that, like, creates the formula that, like, a ton of other origin movies will go on to copy. Well, I mean, this is the first one in the MCU. Yeah. So, of course, it's going to be the, you know, the first one. Yeah, but I think he means that there's, like, a lot of sticking points that they... There's a lot of... Yeah, there's a... True, I guess, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, like, specific beats and, like, uh, tropes that they kind of uh, borrow... The main character fighting a bad version of themselves. A clone of themselves. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, that's re- really like the literally yeah. the next movie, Incredible Hulk. We see the exact same thing. Dude, um, I I'll, I'll be totally honest. I remember very little of most of the MCU movies. So, okay. Yeah. All right. So then you're gonna be like in a review too. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. So what was your what do you what was your before rewatching? What did you guys remember about this movie? What did you what were your feelings on it? Like, did you like? But did you think oh, back on it like, oh, this movie's good. I can't wait to rewatch this. Or like, how were you feeling? The first time I watched this movie was in theaters in 2008. So in my Same. mind, the only things that really stuck with it, it's that the first and only time really I've, I've watched, well, aside from this rewatch. But um, so the only thing that really stuck with me was I was like, yeah, I like this movie. <laughs> I don't remember why, but it was okay. And so that was like my basic like thoughts going back into it. The only thing I really remembered was the uh, uh, the building the suit scene and you know the I am Iron Man scene. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I went into it with a a positive light. I think I was like, yeah, I remember that I liked this movie. So what about you? Yeah, yeah. I I remember quite a bit more. I've I'd seen this movie in like the last five years probably, and so I remember pretty much a good deal about it, and I remember enjoying it always and surprised unsurprised to find out that i still did yeah same i remembered i mean like i had lines still from this movie in my head before i rewatched it i was just i was kind of watching it in a new lens by like taking a bunch of notes i had never really done that with a movie before as like outside of class obviously you know like when i took film classes like besides that i had never sat down at home and just been like i'm gonna take notes on this movie especially a marvel movie so that was it was kind of viewing it in a whole new way to like jot down lines i liked or things i you know felt like they were saying yeah there's gonna be a recurring theme with me where i just don't remember anything media from like the past year so like yeah every movie's gonna be like yeah you know i think i liked it but i yeah i don't really remember anything (laughs) god damn um all right so uh what are some things that jumped out to you immediately on a rewatch like we go into go into like some things like that were like that you maybe didn't remember that you like noticed right away and you were like, yeah. okay, hold on. What was <laughs> all right? Cause some stuff was making me go, go a little crazy with this. Yeah. But some stuff it was... I was like, I was like, this is pretty cool. Like, but some of the, some of the scenes in the movie or some things like the first one, for example, like I could not stop looking at it and thinking about it. Like he's just carrying around a car battery when he's captured. Like he's yeah, just connected yeah. to a yeah, car that was, battery. That was, it was a little jarring. Like, not only that, but the fact that the car battery was powering what he needed in his chest, like I totally like I guess forgot it makes about sense, that. But... I totally forgot, and I'm like watching him just carry around this car battery, and I'm like, this is so hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely Dude. was somewhat out of place. I think. 
It was strange. It was strange to see. It was very jarring. What do you think about the opening of the movie? I thought the opening fit really well. I thought that that opening still holds up. Like yeah, it was perfectly. definitely a super strong hook. Like I went into it and I was like, at first I was like, I was like, what the like, what am I watching? Like why, like how did he get here? What is going on? And then I was like, wait a minute, that's literally so what I, they want me to think. I had that <laughs> feeling too when I when I watched. I had that exact thought. I was like, okay, like we kind of have no context here. But like Robert Downey Jr. is so charismatic. Yeah. And is yeah. like so immediately Tony Stark, where I'm just like, oh, okay, this is Tony Stark. Like, yeah. I, and and I had read Iron Man comics, and he's not like Robert Downey Jr. is. He's kind of more of a dick in the comics. He's a, he's like a lot colder. Like that scene, if you if they had taken Tony Stark from the comics personality in that scene, he's like, I don't want to take a picture with you. Like that would be his response, making him a little more friendly and a little bit more like late two thousand celebrity about it. You know, just with like a lot of charisma trying to impress and please everybody kind of narcissism i felt yeah. really worked yeah because it, it shows us exactly who benefit. he is yeah the one word i would use to describe robert Downey jr throughout this entire movie and like realistically all of the mcu is just charismatic like yeah he, he carries yeah like the movie he really does even, even if the movie doesn't have good writing you're still like iron man 2 everybody knows isn't the greatest iron man yeah. movie and when we get to that movie we'll talk about why but like I definitely think even in that movie, he's carrying the movie. Like, I remember the scene where he's sitting on top of the donut shop so well, you know, like that immediately comes to my mind. Like he just kind of he can he has a way of taking like bad scripts and still making it go. That was fun. Yeah. Like, like I feel like most people want to see Iron Man 2, not for like the spectacle that is Iron Man, but to see Robert Downey Jr. play Tony Stark. Yeah. To see Robert Downey Jr. play a superhero. And he because was kind of a risk. That's how he acts. Yeah. Back then, he wasn't a superstar. He was a risk. Terrence Howard got paid more money than him in the <laughs> our, to to be poor, boy, poor sweet boy Terrence Howard. He got paid Terrence Howard, bro. I oh man. Okay, <laughs> let's poor, just keep going. Let's, let's, let's keep going with the with the. Movie. What an angel. So, uh, so obviously this the 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 car gets bombed and uh, yeah, you know all of the soldiers die. Which like I I was not I forgot like how the MCU kind of. Uh, yeah, it was definitely a lot more gritty than I was expecting. Yeah, super. I like. It was a lot had, more adult than I. For some reason, I had this thought in my mind that like, oh, MCU movies don't kill people. You know, like the old <laughs> Spider-Man movies. Even though I know those aren't MCU, like those never like you never saw people like die. It was very like comic yeah. book. And like in this, like watching him be so friendly with those soldiers, and then those soldiers just die immediately. I was like, yeah. oh yeah. wow, like this is that's I forgot they would go there. Dude, not only that, but like you have that sort of adult aspect and then there's like a bunch of sex in the movie like not shown on screen but like implied sex that is just like out of nowhere i'm like i thought this was like a kind of kids movie like what is this is not what i thought it was yeah tony stark though, is uh promiscuous to yeah, say the yeah. least like my god i was like jesus christ like he is just going he's yeah. going in some scenes he is canceled in 2021 oh yeah 100% <laughs> 100% <laughs> 100 percent. but i still i still love watching him you know oh watching course. him do it because it's just yeah. like you said the charisma um i love how when he's running from the truck they a total mcu trope at this point you know the missile with stark industries written on the side <laughs> yeah. like we've yep. seen that like a hundred times in the mcu now they really I mean, love that's, just that's literally the turning point for the entire movie like the whole fucking that's that's the character development for Tony Stark that we get. Right there, why, yeah. Why do they have my weapons? Yep. These terrorist scum. 
Why Actually, are they using my weapons? That I wanted to ask was, are the are like the shrapnel barbs that are like slowly working its way towards his heart? Are they like parts that he designed to actually do that to like kill people like that, or is it just like an unlucky coincidence? I think, I think it's think unlucky it's because an unlucky it's an explosive. Yeah, I think yeah. it's. I think because they show at when 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 the Stark missile goes off, it goes through his Kevlar, and you yeah. see him bleeding through his Kevlar. So I think it just the shrapnel from the explosion like pierced his his Kevlar into his chest. Yeah, yeah, I was just that, wondering if it was like I assumed. special, specifically engineered. It Kevlar could have been. It could have been because we see some insane weapons yeah. that this, uh -huh. like the one Jeff Bridges uses. I, I found myself thinking like later in the movie. I know I'm jumping ahead here, but like, why hasn't that been used ever again in the MCU? That thing is broken. The, the sound, sound paralyzer. One, yeah, that thing is. That is one of the most broken weapons, and they're just like, yeah, it's never used again. Um, yeah, to, give, to give reference, there's a scene where Jeff Bridges pulls out a. A, like a, a high frequency sound like machine that temporarily paralyzes people but they can still like see hear like feel interact like they can't speak or move but like they can they're they're still sent like awake they're still awake and they can understand everything that's going on and it's just it's unless you have like special earbuds it's it's so broken Honestly, one of the craziest torture devices I've ever seen. I was like, yeah, my God, that, was... that would be awful to go through. Yeah. Um, so then after Tony gets blown up, we cut to, a f I love this part, the montage of Tony Starr, all the magazine covers and his dad, um, which I feel like a big sticking point of this movie it, and a big part of Tony Stark's character development is kind of introduced here and is backed up in the first scene is Tony Stark, like, is billionaire playboy philanthropist. However, he hasn't discovered who he really is yet. Yeah. Like, I feel like this movie is a lot about him finding his own identity as opposed to just living in his father's shoes. And I think that's a, that's an arc that kind of goes, you know, like obviously Tony's big arc is like learning to sacrifice himself and to tone down his narcissism. But I feel like a big part of his arc too is kind of finding out who he is in, in, in especially in this movie, like, discovering his own identity discovering who tony stark wants to be because as of right now he's just he parties he flirts you know he gets canceled and he he doesn't really like he doesn't like there's nothing that defines him yet i feel and i feel like yeah. he kind of he kind of thinks that about himself which is why he's so like self-destructive you know what i mean yeah that's a that definitely is one of his main character developments in this movie yeah um I, I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was, like, super, like, fantastically done. But it it, it definitely definitely wasn't the worst. It, it, was, it, was, it was okay. It was okay. I, I definitely think in the beginning of the movie, they were doing a lot better with it towards the yeah. end. And, and we'll talk about that when we get to the end. But I definitely think, like what I was talking about with the formula, this movie kind of also shows the problems with that formula and the third act. Marvel kind of until recently had a third act issue where in the final climactic act, a lot of the character development would kind of, they, they hadn't figured out how to do the big battle while also weaving in the character development just yet. Like they hadn't figured it out. Per like they kind of have it there, but it's not perfect yet. Yeah, where it's just like, not quite. Where the, the, the action is pushing forward this development and this plot, you know, yeah, you, you can actually see that in this movie a lot. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a good movie, but that's one place that it just I felt it just was kind of lacking. Yeah, agreed. Um, this is also the first time we see Jeff Bridges. 
looking <laughs> incredible with the bald head and the beard, just like doesn't even look like Jeff Bridges half the time. Yeah. Where I'm like, I was looking, at it, I was like, I can't believe this is the dude. Like, just an incredible actor, Jeff Bridges. That was just like, even though he has some cheesy lines in this, <laughs> he is he is seriously going like full. Like he is he is he's like he's, he, he he is a villain. He's cooking. He's a villain in this movie. Yeah. Um, even from the get go, I was like, because remember, I I did not remember anything about this movie. I was like, damn, he's probably gonna be one of the baddies, huh? Just like from the get go, I was just like, there's no way this guy is is gonna just be chilling the entire time. There's no shot. So. Was it his? Was it part of Stane's plan that he got sent to Afghanistan? Yes, yes. So that's yeah. that's what's revealed. Well, he was already going to go to Afghanistan to, um, to demonstrate the Jericho missile. Yeah, okay, that's that, is, is yeah. that in any way realistic that a VIP weapons manufacturer, like millionaire billionaire, would go fly out to like pretty remote part of Afghanistan to demonstrate missiles? I would say I would say it's not. You're right, but. Based on who Tony Stark is, it's kind of believable yeah, because he's was, so I was, narcissistic. Yeah, I can believe he's, that that he like feels like he's invincible, yeah. but I, I I don't think that a normal person would do it. I think but you're I think right. Tony a normal Stark person would wouldn't. Do it. Yeah, but exactly. even if the Tony. military would facilitate it, is what I'm saying. I think the military would because he's like send the, a VIP leading... like that out to the, the desert. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I think they would. Okay, so Sane didn't send him to Afghanistan. He just capitalized on him being there. That's what I was assuming. Yeah, yes, yeah. I think yes. I think he knew like like probably a month before Tony's like I'm gonna go show off this weapon, and then Stain like calls up the ten you know the the ten rings, which we got to talk about that too because they are not the ten rings. We're actually getting the ten rings in the MCU later this year. Um, I don't know. This is about like that. some fake version of the ten rings. Yeah, uh, the ten rings alludes to the Mandarin, who is a longtime Marvel villain for Iron Man in particular, but they're changing him in the MCU to be more of a Shang Chi villain. Um, but that's besides the point. They kind of hinted at it in this movie without really knowing what they were doing with him, which leads into Iron Man 3. We'll get to that when we get to that movie. But uh, we didn't talk about the, the music back in. I usually don't like like real songs in movies. I prefer just like a score. But Back in Black is yeah. awesome in the beginning intro. It like totally sets up like Tony's, you know, like his character, because in every movie since like up until like you know the second avengers i think every time tony comes on the screen we just hear some like rock song and it just per and it perfectly like uh contrasts him to the other heroes because they all have just scores whereas yeah, exactly. he just has like yeah. a rock song i mean he's 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 uh he's he's iron man like yeah he's the rock he star. is iron man exactly like you have to have metal especially like heavy rock or like metal like back in black is perfect especially since like you know like you know tony stark is iron man from the get-go like there's no way you don't you go into this movie even in 2008 and you're like oh i wonder who's going to be iron man this time it's like no you know tony stark is gonna be iron man you know like all this stuff and you're like yeah this this soundtrack fits tony to a t but yeah i definitely think the the beginning kind of like what we were talking about earlier with this character arc i forgot the vegas scene like where he misses his award and stuff and he's <laughs> yeah. just like he's just yeah, totally uh, he's just up. gambling and of course, this is the first time we see our boy Terrence Howard, who would yeah, go on woo! to never play James Rhodes again. I don't blow another man's dice. <laughs> that line had me actually. That line was actually hilarious. His, for some reason, he's like, okay. What do you guys think about him as Rhodey? Like, what is? What, I like, like him better than the new. Let's guy. do the Terrence yeah. Howard talk. Let's do the Terrence Howard talk. 
Because like, I know nothing think... about the politics behind why he's not in the movies, but I like him better than whoever's the new guy is. So let's, let's get out the plot, politics. The whole reason... So Terrence Howard was the highest paid actor in this movie, specifically because uh, uh, Marvel thought that uh, Robert Downey Jr. would be a risk hiring him as Iron Man. So they paid him less in order to have, like, to see what was up. And if they took a loss on the movie, then they would be fine with it. And then, so for the second movie, Terrence Howard like had to have a pay cut because they saw Robert Downey Jr. was like, I he he was Tony Stark. He was Iron Man. Like they they were is inseparable. So he was the number one paid actor. The and movie Terrence made Howard, like seven hundred. Yeah. It made a ton of money. And so yeah. what he did, he refused to come back because it was Terrence Howard was going to get a pay cut and he didn't like the way that he was treated. Apparently, it made six hundred like, million yeah. dollars U.S. And so oh, he, he was like. Himself. He he did snub himself. Like they they were gonna bring him back, but he didn't want to accept like their like the the conditions for it. Yeah, he yeah. basically wanted to get paid more than Robert Downey Jr. Yes. And Marvel was like, dude, like we're sorry, but like Marvel, he he's become in overnight. Robert Downey Jr. became like, uh, you know, he like yeah. revitalized his career. Like that was it. His career was back. You know, he yep. was he he. A lot of Hollywood is you know. Can this guy make a can this guy make a movie that is gonna make money? And Robert Downey Jr. had been known as a drug addict and had all these problems, and obviously had pushed through that. And you know, Iron Man blows up his career. But like, just to look at like his movies before Iron Man, like not a lot of them are really high earners. Um, he was in Charlie Bartlett, Zodiac, which Zodiac Zodiac probably is the start of his like career rejuvenation. I think because that was 2007 and that movie did make a decent amount of money. But before that he was in like, he was in a lot of like uh, a lot of these, as I'm looking at him, like really good movies like kiss, kiss, bang, bang, and good night. Good luck are really good movies, but they're more, they're more like uh, Oscar Beatty movies as opposed to yeah, box yeah. office, you know, big spectacles. money makers spectacles. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then we go to, let's see, what's the Las Vegas scene. And then, Oh, then, there's a line. There's a line. What's the what's the did any of you guys write down the line? There's a line where they transition to a scene. Rhodey says something and it transitions to a scene perfectly. It's like Marvel loves doing that with these with these like someone drops a one liner and then the scene that happens visually references that line immediately. I can't remember what it is. I didn't write it down. I wrote down the line transitions are fantastic, but I forgot. I also what the did line not write is. it down. I didn't write very down very many lines, only a couple ones. Yeah, I, I I have more general uh like scenes and specific things, but I don't have very many lines. Well, Rhodey tells Tony not to be late, right? Talking oh, about yeah. the, <laughs> the next day for the for the plane ride where they're going to. Um, where are they going to on that plane ride? I totally forgot. Afghanistan. Yeah. Oh, they're going back, right? Oh no, this yeah, thirty six hours yeah, before oh, is okay, okay, the setup okay. for for the cold open. Yes, okay. yeah. We have the cold open, which is which take place. A little bit, like a couple days. Thirty six hours. It was like, it's thirty six hours. hours. Yeah, thirty six hours, and then like like we flash back to the start of those thirty six hours, and we see what happened. Tony Stark getting his award, but not actually showing up for it, and then we see him being late. We, oh, we see, and we then, see who no, and Stark we have is. the we have the uh, the uh, the reporter where oh, Tony yep. Stark has some incredible lines. Uh, You've been called the Da Vinci of our time. What do you say to that? Absolutely ridiculous. I don't paint. <laughs> that one is incredible. Uh, just like this banter where it's like you just give give another actor some like 
some kind of aggressive lines and Robert Downey Jr. is just going to banter back and forth in yeah. like this watch super watchable way. You know, yeah. a funny thing that uh, the other nickname that she gives him, the Merchant of Death, that's what they called the inventor of Dynamite. Wow. I actually didn't know that. That's yeah, serious. that's a really that good makes, That makes a lot of sense. Yep. Well, then, and actually, this scene is a perfect example of the character development thing I was talking about, where he's kind of just trying to be his dad, but he's not. She's like, um, she's asking him about his weapons, right? Like, she's trying him. She's like, you know, uh, the Merchant of Death, Nick Nine, and that's not bad. Blah blah. blah. He way, asked her where she went to college. Yeah. The uh, the person who invented dynamite, who they called the Merchant of Death, his name was Alfred Nobel. Who later went on to create the Nobel Peace Prize? Holy Just crap! Like, I didn't even know that. Tony yeah. Stark. So the guy Stephen who created Rothfell. Dynamite made the Nobel Peace. Well, that's that's the world for you. Well, well no, because well, what happened was that his brother died, and they published false obituaries about him. And after he read how pe- how his legacy was, how he realized that people were going to see him as the Merchant of Death, he went on to put all of his money that he made off of that to the Nobel Peace Prize. Okay, so literally mirroring yes. the story. Wow. That is exactly yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> the story is mirroring the, the reality. That's really but, cool. Uh, well, you know, they're reflecting each other. Who's to say which is reality and which is oh not? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you can very clearly say one is reality. Alright, I said at the top that I'm a fanboy, okay? It might be. It might be. <laughs> it was cosmic eventuality that this would happen to reflect the movie. What I was going to say is, uh, what do you call it? She's pressuring him on these weapons and he goes straight into talking about his dad in like to kind of show that he's just trying to be his dad instead of like becoming his own person he says like she's like all i want is a serious answer and he's like all right here's serious my old man had a philosophy peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy and she's like that's a great line coming from the guy selling the sticks but then again right to his father my father helped defeat the nazis he worked on the manhattan project a lot of people including your professors at brown would call that being a hero um and then he starts talking about like the other stuffs they're kind of doing intelecrops, which what is he, what even is that? That 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 line I heard that line and that felt yeah. like that felt like props. the um no I know it it probably exists but it definitely the way it sounded it just came off like a uh, like a CBS show where it's like <laughs> <laughs> they're just making up science words like we have to find out the the footprint database DNA metric and it's like what. Is that a thing? You're like questioning it, but you just kind of keep watching because you're like, whatever. Yeah. Um. And then obviously, you know, he sleeps ever again. He sleeps with the reporter. Yeah, they never talk about it ever again. Sleeps with the reporter. Um. We shift to the reporter's POV in the morning, and she's walking around the house in Tony Stark's shirt. Uh. And then this is the first time we see Pepper. Yay! One of Paltrow. Goop. One of Paltrow. Who? We can leave her as a person aside. <laughs> I think she's actually pretty good in these movies. Like, I think she plays the role of like the. She does. The uh, she, she's not a bad actor. I don't think. No, no. I think she's, she's good. Kind of a crazy person. <laughs> she, but she, she plays this role really well as like the secretary who's kind of in love with her boss. Which we, we, we don't have to get into the the, the politics of that. Yeah, that's, but I think that's, it. I think no, it plays. Okay. I think it plays less like uh what's the word i'm looking for here it plays less creepy because tony like as we find out is kind of like he pretends to be so happy and this charismatic guy but he's kind of just this depressed like loner who like lives in his garage and tinkers well, yeah. and doesn't have, like have, that have line friends from, you have that line from yen sin later where he goes so you're the man who has everything and nothing and it's exactly yeah. what it is exactly which literally yeah going a little bit forward we see him get on the plane and go to afghanistan and we see him pitch 
his new Jericho missiles, which we see levels entire mountains. But yeah, um, did, if, uh, going back to what you were saying about paralleling his dad and the speech that he gives right after demonstrating the Jericho missile, one of his like the, his closing line is, "That's how Dad did it. That's how America does it, and it's worked out pretty well so far." Yeah, it's 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 the movie's trying really hard to like push that character development forward of like Tony isn't his own person. He's just like living through his dad. And it again, like we said in the top, like it's not it it doesn't really do a good job of like finishing that off at the end of the movie. But then they go to they go to the he flies to the Jericho. We have another scene with Terrence Howard Rhodey. Like and so you guys both say you like Terrence Howard better. I think yes. I feel like he's more memorable, but I also he's, just watched the movie. So literally the only thing I remember from every single Marvel movie I've watched is of of the other guy, Don Cheadle, is ironically in Age of Ultron when he tries to get people to laugh at his joke that he makes. That's the only thing I remember from him. I do, I do oh, we also see Jarvis for the first time, by the way, in that previous scene. We don't really see him. Well, we hear Jarvis for the first time. <laughs> yeah, you're right. We don't see him, we hear him, who goes on to play a very integral role into the MCU. That. And who's just awesome from the beginning. It's an interesting thing that they gloss over a lot of the really crazy tech shit to get to like kind of more believable tech stuff. They kind of just, they kind of just like hand wave the fact that he has artificial intelligence. Yeah, they never explain it. They're just like cool. And and I was thinking that too. And it's like I'm like it's 2008, and yet Pepper is like using touchscreen on a glass door yeah. to enter his garage. Let's not, not only that, you have the touchscreen, and then in the later scene, you see him with a flip phone. I guess that's like. I mean, I guess it's essentially meant to be like, this is the world with Howard Stark in it and vibranium and shit. Like, it's, sure, it's, but a flip it's kind phone. of what it's kind of what Luke what Luke was saying. It's they're they're taking they're hand waving the like the stuff that is a core part of Tony Stark's character, right? Like he's supposed to look like he has this futuristic tech that's like, how does this guy even have this? But they're kind of like hand waving that stuff and not really explaining it. But they explain the tech of all the other stuff that like could be realistic. Yeah. Yeah. To kind of try to ground it, I guess, and I mean, like you know, like the script and the and the the scenes and the charisma kind of distracts from that. Where I like, I per- didn't find myself being like, "How does he have artificial intelligence?" You know what I mean? Times. Like when he, when he was talking to his his like his fire extinguisher robot, I was like, "How how intelligent is this thing?" <laughs> oh yeah, robot. <laughs> <laughs> Those scenes are incredible. So yeah, so he's on the plane. I I to me, Terrence Howard is kind of like. He's really angry. Like he's a really angry Rhodey. Yeah. But like he like kind of like hates Tony. It's really weird. Granted, he did get stood up and then twice when he was giving the award and then he made him wait like two hours on the tarmac. Yeah, we we we've got we've got Terrence Howard and Robert Downey Jr. drinking and immediately Rhodey Terrence Howard loses his. Uh... Well, he doesn't want to drink. He doesn't want to drink. Yeah. And Tony's like, he's like, it's like yeah, eleven yeah. in the morning. And Tony Stark's like, whatever, man. It's a day cap. <laughs> and exactly. Then he starts. Terrence Howard's just drunk, giving him a a lecture, while the flight attendants are dancing, which is just, of course, Tony Stark <laughs> has like dancing flight attendants. Um, on private airline, bro. Yeah. Um, and then we get to him selling the weapon, where Luke obviously mentioned the line he drops. That's how Dad did it. Which is funny because, as we learn later in the MCU, he kind of misunderstands his dad. Like his, yeah. his dad wasn't really a, like a weapon guy like that. His dad was a lot more about protection. I mean, his dad was inspired and friends with Captain America, you know, and like his dad looked up to Captain America. So I think Tony kind of misunderstood his dad in a way. Yeah, well, well, definitely. I, I think he comes to understand that. Well, his throughout the movie that 
I, I afterwards after he finds out what 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 Obadiah has been like doing, I think he realizes that his dad wasn't his company. Yeah, yeah, like they're, was, they're different entities. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Whereas he, where he kind of had this, uh, it almost seems like he has this like imagined version of his father. And I yeah. think that's the the sequels kind of do a really good job of going into like him discovering who his dad really was. Um, after he sells the weapons, uh. He calls Jeff Bridges on FaceTime, and Jeff Bridges is shirtless in bed. Don't know why he needed to be shirtless in bed, but like, hey, I'm here for it. Oh, yeah, it looked great. I know why he needed to be shirtless. I mean, it was. Awesome. I was like, <laughs> in my what notes, I have man. shirtless Jeff Bridges on FaceTime is a vibe. <laughs> definitely is. <laughs> With the lights low, and <laughs> definitely is, a, is. That's definitely a vibe. Um, and then obviously we cut to the cold open, uh, and it does a really good job of bringing back black and black for just a little bit to let us know that we're caught up now. Yeah. Um, the way he pulls the tube out of his nose, it's like a simple oh, yeah. shot, but I love the movie magic that goes behind that. Like just, just getting that simple shot done probably took like, like a day and a half, you know, <laughs> of like planning, like how are we going to get him to pull this giant tube out of his nose without sticking one in his nose? <laughs> like, um, it definitely looked good. It did. It that. looked, it looked fantastic. It looked like he was pulling it out of his nose. That's yeah, one thing. Cool. Another thing on the VFX, I was gonna say. Yeah, if you were, if you were gonna too. talk about yep. that, one hundred percent. I had that all over my notes. The VFX are like hold up, like a thirteen-year-old yeah. movie, and this yeah. the VFX in this just hold up. Like I, I bought everything. There's a lot of there's a lot of sneaky VFX in in this movie. I noticed. Like there's a they're, they're doing a lot of practical stuff. Uh, yeah. Like obviously the tube, the car battery is a VFX thing. You know, he's probably got something rigged up to him, like that he's walking around with. I mean, the CG um, in specific, it's just, it's, it, it does hold up. Like, yeah, yeah, like, no, it, it, I was genuinely surprised. I expected to be kind of like, oh, this doesn't look as yeah, good. Yeah, a but... 2008 movie, this is like, eh, especially since, like, you see movies now and, you know, a couple of years back, and they look absolutely atrocious with, like, yeah. trash CG. But I guess Marvel just had the money. They were like, you know what, we're, we're going all out. Well, I don't know if ILM is the one who did the, the VFX for this. Um mm. If they are, if it's either them or Weta, those are like the two biggest VFX companies, and most likely it probably is because ILM has a really close relationship with Disney. They obviously ILM was started by George Lucas for the first Star Wars movie. They're like a legendary VFX company. Um, but yeah, it just it it looks perfect. Like so so many points in the movie, I was like, there's so many effects that I just absolutely like, really like yeah. enjoyed like seeing. Tony is shocked when he's in the cave as he's looking around to see his own weapons, mm -hmm. which, all right, so how much do we buy that, like, how ignorant could he actually be to the fact that, like, that's, that's his weapons are was being just sold? Like, like, there's no way that he was so naive, right? Yeah, I mean, right? Okay, I believe it because of how hands-off he seems to be with the company, right? It kind of seems like, like he just makes shit and then Obadiah's the go-between, and then he handles everything else. True. I, I guess, I guess. But even so, like, it's just it's it's a little weird to me. That was like, the one thing I was like, I was like, I like, you're grounding it so much in realism, and I'm just like, okay, the CEO, he's gonna know. But like, I guess Luke's right. They do show that, yeah. he, like, we were talking about earlier, he's a loner, he stays in his thing, he just tinkers. So maybe he really is just like a partier who likes doing science when he's sober, and then never pays attention to how much money the company's hey, making. The you only know, contact is, a, is a go between. Yeah, he doesn't really. You, you know what? Luke's probably right because Obadiah is sitting there manipulating him, and he doesn't. He probably doesn't find out anything that's going on. Obadiah is in control of all and of the day-to-day -day stuff. If you recall later, he literally bails on a meeting of the board. Yeah, yeah. It's like like Obadiah chastises him because he misses a yeah. board meeting. 
So okay, so so it's a little, it's a little, it's it's believable. It's just something I definitely thought about when he's like incredibly shocked to see his weapons in this like Afghanistan Afghanistan cave of terrorists, and it's like, all right, come on. Um, Yen Sid is amazing, or Yen Sin, like immediately is just like Yen awesome. Sen. Yen Sen. <laughs> yeah. Yen Sen. Yen Sid, dude. We're playing Kingdom Hearts now. I wrote Yen Sin, but it's Yen Sen. All right, well that yeah. guy is awesome. He's definitely a great awesome. character. Fantastic yeah. character. Like, uh, I could watch a, like a movie of just him and Tony in the cave, like a full hour movie of them just talk, like having conversations. There's so many good conversations and lines. Um, the one Luke says about the uh, the the man who has everything and nothing, like that is, yeah, that an was... incredible line. Like, just just here's your character Perfectly development encapsulated. Yeah, the entire character of Tony Stark. In one sentence. One thing I wanted to say that actually struck me really hard is that, like, Iron Man's most iconic feature isn't even made by Tony. It's the arc reactor. Yeah. 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 I mean, it is made by him, but like before, when it was just stuck in his chest as a way to keep him alive, it was made by Yen. Uh, it was himself. made by Yen. But but that wasn't the arc reactor. That yeah, wasn't. That was just reactor. a magnet. It was just a magnet, yeah. and then he used it. He well, he his whole reason to putting the yeah. Luke's kind of right in a way because all his all Tony does is make an arc reactor so that he doesn't have to carry around a car battery. And also I mean, because, like, explicitly, true. he says it, and that he makes it just to power the suit, right? Like, he gets the yeah. idea. This could power just, your heart for 200 years or something big for 15 minutes. Yeah, and he literally gets the idea from Yin Sen to, like, to, to, that's how he's going to save his life is with this thing in his chest. Um, yeah, yeah. We, so we get the Ten Rings, obviously. They name drop them, but it's not the real Ten Rings, um, you know, kind of no one the fake version you. of the Ten Rings. <laughs> yep. It worked in the yep, moment, but uh... def definitely looking back, I'm kind of like, okay, not the greatest. I yeah, I thought they were the real ten rings until right now. So yeah, they're not. They're not. I don't even. That's... You know what? I couldn't even tell you what the ten rings are except for a terrorist organization. So yeah, yep, they're, they're in, in the comics. <laughs> that's so about in the, it. <laughs> in the comics, they're a terrorist organization that's run by the Mandarin, who I think is a Chinese character. I'm not sure, but in the I movies, they're going to make they're, they're making him a Chinese character. He's going to be Shang Chi's father, which he wasn't in the comics. Um. And he runs this like terrorist organization in the comics called Ten Rings. He fights Tony Stark a lot. I think he's a magic-based enemy, which is why they have him fight Tony in the comics a lot because Tony's tech is he's magic. Like, you know, is it like Doctor Strange magic or other kind of magic? Yeah, kind of, but like with more of a uh, Asian mysticism to it. Uh, what isn't Doctor Strange magic pretty Asian mystic? Yeah, like yes, Tibetan, right. Yeah, yeah he, but like he his travels is a... the world together. It, like like Mandarin has like there's like dragons like Fing Fang Foom and like a, just you know what I mean like kind of like that. The rings in the comics are actually actual rings on someone's finger. No one in the movie is wearing rings, so I was like, okay. Uh, the leader of the Ten Rings is like the most generic, like bad guy <laughs> energy like I've ever seen. He's just like scowling all the time, and they kind of like get rid of him in like the like a, a very just like anticlimactic way. He's yeah, the, he's I the did not care about him. What I don't remember his name. Yeah, uh, did, they, did he even have a name? I don't remember his name either. I don't know if he did. Yeah. Talking about believability, that was the one of the one things that I really like. I could not actually believe at all. They like where they were supervising him super hard, and like they have the scene of, the, of him watching Yen yeah. and, and Stark building this leg thing. And they come in, they ask them what they're building, they start torturing Yen and Stark is like, I need him. And then they leave him. And then that's it. They let him continue building. And that's it. I, I, it's so hard to believe. I feel like that entire scene was just kind of unbelievable just because like you see him making like stuff that's not the missile like constantly like you see them observing him making things that aren't for the missile 
And like you can tell that they're not for the mission. That was the other thing too. I'm like, so they only have three cameras. <laughs> <laughs> like they gave them like little areas to hide and stuff. It was like okay. It was just that that part of the scene that like I enjoyed the cave scene very much. Thought it was like a great character building and like character development for everyone. Yinsen was like a great character, but that part was just like I just I couldn't suspend my disbelief that much because they really did try to base it on reality but it's just like what kind of gullible terrorist organization is this like they called him out like a couple times but they didn't really do anything well one of the so i have in my notes one of those call outs when they put down yin sin i actually love that scene when he's like uh he's like trying to cut out his tongue or something i can't remember they're like a a piece of metal oh okay he's been a brand him or something and tony even in like tony stark is becoming good friends with this guy he obviously cares about this guy and like even in the worst of times tony is sitting there joking and he's like what do you want a delivery date <laughs> like, he's like joking around with terrorists like it's just little lines like that really add to the character of yeah. uh, tony stark where i'm just like god like even but like also, that's also like his first tender moment where he goes i need him yeah, yeah. Like, he yeah. Him yep like that you, it was also somewhat surprising to me that we didn't see him step in like immediately when they like started to grab him it was only after like he actually did no 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 he sort of just stood back and he he like made some quips but it was like really only until like they forced him down and like we're like having about to brand him when he really like said anything i mean there's an entire scene where like everyone he like walks forward and everyone points their guns at him and, and they go no 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 yeah yeah but, like he literally walked forward he barely says anything which was somewhat surprising to me it was just, it was just a weird a weird situation where I felt like he instantly would have said something, especially with how much they had bonded. But I, I guess he wasn't at that moment yet, at that stage. Or he's trying to play it smart, you know. Yeah. Um, and then obviously that's when after that moment is when Yinsen convinces, kind of convinces him to build the suit, right? Like he like not convinces no, no, no. him, they but were he... very far away. All yeah. After they that, they, after that, they only had two more days to finish the entire. You're season. right. They're already like they're 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 kind of like bought in at this point on it. And then we get the montage of Tony building the suit, which features yeah. the iconic hammering that we would hear at the end of Endgame. The yep. uh, the part where Jensen convinces him to build a suit is like I think is like a line where he says, "This is like a very important week for you, then, or something like that." Yes, yes, because he's like, "I'm going to die in a week," and he says, "This is and this is a very important week for you." Uh, in my notes, I have what we were already talking about. The terrorists are the worst captors of all time. Yep. Um, I just can't imagine. Like, especially with that guy who seems like he means business. Well, the guy watching the camera, and then he's just like, go check on them. And then they go check on them, and then that's obviously where we first get the, the first little visualization of the suit. And we kind of see Tony in it, and Yensen's trying to help him complete it. Uh, and then Yensen says they need a distraction because they need more time. He runs out of the cave, shooting into the air. Yeah, uh, clearly was... has no idea how to use a gun. And that reminded me of a, a, a New Hope and like the it first was... episode of Star Wars. Yeah, it was. It was <laughs> on Solo. All the terrorists running away, and he's just shooting into the sky. I'm like, why are you guys running away? Aren't you like soldiers? And <laughs> this yeah. guy's just like shooting into the air, has no idea how to use this gun, and they're just running away. And obviously, that's where we see Yinsen run into a large group of soldiers and which would lead to his death. Yeah. Um, like, was, was he trying to not kill anybody? Was that his whole thing? I think what, he just doesn't understand that? how to kill people. Yeah, he probably just doesn't I mean, understand how to shoot a gun, maybe. Yeah, but or maybe gotta, like, aim it forward. True. <laughs> okay, so, I mean, and we it could be what you're saying, because we've seen his character. He's not a violent person in the no, slightest. No. You know, he's a very he's a very wise person, very 
He's 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 Obi Wan, you know, Milton like ca- calling back to to Luke in Star Wars. He's he's Obi Wan, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's he's Tony Stark's Obi Wan. He's 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 kind of showing him the way, like guiding him towards uh, an ideology an I- ideology to follow. Then we he's also trying see... to die. Yeah, yeah, he kind of is. Kind of is trying he, to die. Explicitly, he says that this is the plan yeah. was to die. He literally yeah. says this was always the plan, Stark. So then, obviously, the soldiers break in into the lab, and all the lights shut off. Um, something I noticed here is that the movie, in a lot of these, in a lot of moments, it kind of like uh, has like horror elements to it, yeah, especially in this scene. Especially in this scene in particular, it's almost like a horror movie where we're like we're on the enemy's perspective and Tony's hiding. Yeah. And <laughs> when every when time sh- that they frame the Mark One, it's like a very horror scene setting. Yeah, and and they kind of call back to this at the end of the movie as well. Yeah. Tony Stark then proceeds to murder all of these people. Yeah, which, correct. Yep. Totally Just, justified. You know, they were going to kill him and he's captured. So, you know, I'm not, he's not Batman in the comics where he doesn't kill anybody. You know, he obviously is just trying to survive at this point. Um, yep. This is where I first really noticed the action looking fantastic, like the chore- choreography and the shots and the cinematography, just like different scenes when he's walking through the camp and everything's on fire. Yeah, yeah, I love that scene. All the explosions that was, that was and stuff. Scene. Get a plus one for the guy who killed himself off of Tony Stark's helmet. Yes, <laughs> that was incredible. <laughs> Just adding little moments of comedy in like well, levity into the the dark scenes is this where Marvel obviously starts that, and it just it just works. It just works. It like yeah. It one keeps thing me I will engaged. say though is that it was somewhat strange again to see Tony Stark who has been just an inventor his entire life, as far as I know, go and murder all these people, and it didn't seem like he reacted whatsoever to, like, killing all of these people. It sort of just seemed like he did it, and he did what he had to, and it didn't affect him at all. I think, like, definitely he's the kind of person who compartmentalizes things like that, and because he's, like, at, at the beginning of the movie, he was very comfortable being considered the merchant of death, and so it feels like to him murder isn't that big of a deal, at least for people he perceives as evil. Especially, yeah, I was about to say the big thing that I think is stopping that is that they were torturing him. Like we see them waterboard him. And so, you yeah. know, he's he's but he's, I, I don't know. Even so, it was just kind of weird. to Like me. Luke says, he's probably compartmentalizing. And obviously all of that trauma comes to a head later in the MCU. Yeah, yeah. Not referencing this specifically, but it, it has I'm sure it has an added effect. Um, Maybe. It's 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 just like shown, done, and never like talked about again. Like yeah. the fact that Tony Stark literally murdered like an entire like cave full of like these terrorists. Like, yeah, sure, it's not morally wrong technically, but it's I feel like that would weigh on him somewhat. The fact that he took lives for the first time ever. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like I said, I think that he's long since passed like being okay with taking lives because in a way he already has done it millions of times because he supplies weapons. Well, he supplied them, but he never had to do it himself. That's what I'm, that's what, like the thing I feel like. Yeah. He never had to commit murder the first time they, would they be definitely, like, it would be difficult on anybody. I feel I don't know. for the first time. I don't know. They definitely do gloss over it. Like they definitely do gloss over it in, in a way that they kind of rectify later in the movies where they stop glossing over thing. You know what I mean? Like he starts to, he starts to feel the weight of the things he does in the later yeah. movies, as opposed I mean, that, to in this that's one. Only one thing that I will say that MCU does very well now, they don't they they focus very much on the factor of death. Yes, like um, and it it weighs down on people. That's what I, that's one thing that I love about this these 
new series and, sh and movies that are coming out. So then we obviously get him getting, being saved. He throws yep. up the peace sign, which is hilarious. This peace sign is something he starts <laughs> doing in every movie, and you realize it's like a tribute to the soldier that died with him. Yeah. Um, which I never thought of. I never realized he did that as like a tribute. It's like a tribute to the kid that he watched die from the from his own weapons. Um, obviously the cheeseburger, iconic Burger yep, King. Yep, yep. Just loving it. Made me so want mad. to get Burger King. I, I was like, ew, he's gross. I hate Burger King. We're not going to get into a Burger King discussion right now. <laughs> That's going to take up like four hours. We're not going to get into a Burger King discussion. But it was just very nice to have the cheeseburger. We obviously yes. know what it called back. We see Colson for the first time. All American cheeseburger. Yep, yep, Colson. Little Colson. One thing I wanted to, to add about that, considering how like one of the actual first interactions he has outside of like his immediate like friends and family is being contacted by S.H.I.E.L.D., it feels very unbelievable that they don't hound him any more than they do. <laughs> they kind of just leave that shit until no yeah. honestly you're right you're right because shield is like shield is like it's like an international thing it's like they're huge but like and we get shown like, in the later here, movies please, please we get but, shown um, in the later movies that they'll like they'll do whatever it takes to find out information yeah and it's just kind of in this movie it's just colson like like when's our meeting are we yeah, having a meeting here's my, <laughs> here's my take on that we had yeah, an appointment i, I feel like I think Shield was just getting set up in this movie, like in the world of the MCU. Is that correct, Anthony? You'd know about that because at the end, like, or not the end, but like throughout the middle, we see Phil Coulson talking to Pepper, and he says like the entire, uh, like the entire name of that of Shield. So and it, then uh, throughout the end, he's like, "Yeah, you know what? Actually, just call us Shield." And it seems like they were just sort of like getting it all set up and like. So I think script writing, you're right. I think in terms of writing the movie out, you're definitely right. But in terms of the MCU lore that we know, Shield had been around at this point up to fifty years. For, yeah, you are right. You are correct. So, so that's like a retcon then. I it's guess. a retcon for sure. I mean, the thing I would say is maybe they already knew what happened. They just wanted to talk well, they, to him specifically. They were like, this is going to be a briefing on how you escaped because we have some things that we need to talk to you about. But yeah. even just considering that, we have some things we need to talk to you about coming from S.H.I.E.L.D. Feels like something yeah, that's going to cost you for. Yeah. I also love Coulson in this movie. I love Coulson in every movie. Yeah, Fucking I know you do. Coulson just doing doing the most. Just I know you do. Just fantastic. Clark, Clark Gregg is definitely a good actor. I like him a lot. Tony Stark is obviously like a more empathetic person after this whole episode he just is sitting at that podium and he says i never got to say goodbye to my father tells the whole all the journalists like yeah first time opening up emotionally to all of this um then that's when he obviously announces he's shutting down his weapons manufacturing which shocks everybody you know shocks the stock yep. market shocks literally everybody who can um shocks jeff bridges who talks to him and tells him we're iron mongers which you know literally yeah. <laughs> calling himself his villain name that he'll take on later yeah. um he's he we jump to a scene uh as we keep going because i can't remember all of this. this is a lot of just dialogue and like uh tony stark kind of like coming back to reality where J when jeff bridges sees the stark react the arc reactor all he wants to do is see that thing he's like trying to manipulate tony he wants to he's like let me see it i heard yeah. about it tony's like who told you and jeff bridges doesn't literally doesn't care he just needs to see how he got the technology to work Speaking of, around this time, we have one more inconsistency with the character of um, uh, Rhodey mm -hmm. that I, it just, it just felt off to me, felt a little weird. We had him after, you know, after he's, 
like uh, after Tony Stark gets saved, they're all buddy buddy again. They're talking super uh, like like formally, not, not formally, but they're talking like his friends yeah. in the press briefing. And then he announces that he's um like t- Tony's not. They're not doing weapons anymore. And then a couple scenes later, we see uh, Tony try to talk to uh, Rhodey, and Rhodey is just like the biggest asshole to him. Like yeah. Biggest asshole to him because he's not doing weapons anymore. It's like you're just part. You're not like the leader of. You're not like one of the the higher ups, dude. You're just like that well, was a, that was a huge part I noticed too, where I was like, Brody, like the like, way they characterize kind of Brody, asshole, dude. The, the way they characterize him later in in the in the movies, in the later movies, like he would be like okay with Tony being like, yeah, we're not doing weapons. Yeah, Whereas, exactly. like you said, in this movie, he's almost angry about it. He's like, I can't believe you're not going to be making Bro, weapons. Okay, well, the way I it. saw it was that he is he's whatever Stark Industries, like, contact in the military, and they look to him for everything regarding things. So uh, this out-of-nowhere thing, they like, all of the higher-ups are probably looking at him like, like, what happened? I thought you had this under control or what, 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 what you know, everything like this. Like, yeah, he's kind of probably just looking out for his own job. I and he guess. got like he got caught off guard in front of his superiors, and they're looking down on him now. Yeah, because like, he got no a, warning this, at all. This is I'm a different sure, like, version of Rhodey, where he's not he's Rhodey, This version of Rhodey isn't an Avenger yet. He's not a you know he yeah. doesn't know about superheroes or anything like that. Yeah, so. I'm pretty sure he even says that like like you could you could have just given me a warning or heads up or something like yeah. that. I'm pretty sure he says that. Yeah, yeah, but even so, I felt like the anger and like the that it was just it felt a little out of pocket to me. Yeah. Just slightly. Like, I, I don't think it was, like, an awful scene. I don't think, like, it was poorly acted or anything. I just feel it was slightly out of character. I had the exact same feeling. I had the exact same feeling. Where I was like, the way they characterize him later, it, it, it doesn't yeah. feel like this. Before um, and later. Like, you never really see, like, this. Because yeah. then it sort of just blows over. They never really discuss it again. That, you know. And it's... It was just, in the moment, it was just... It was kind of jarring to see them characterize his him like that. Yeah. Um, so then we obviously cut to the scene where Tony is uh, trying to fix his chest, and he asks Pepper to come help him. Yep, it's a I love re- that scene. Really great scene. Really great scene where also, she like takes the thing out of his chest. Um, I actually was really curious how they did the VFX in that scene. Like how because she, no she's idea. reaching into a yeah. thing. <laughs> like I, t- but his body looks real. Maybe it's like a fake body, and he's sticking his head through like a thing or something. Might... I don't know. I feel like they might have like done a, a a shot of like a like a stand like a camera in one spot and done two different takes. One where like uh, Tony Stark is sitting in the chair, probably had like a like a green screen on his chest, and then a different shot where Pepper's reaching into whatever the hell like she's doing. Oh, that's, and then there's comped it, comped it. Yeah, yeah that, that's, that's the only. It. That's literally the only way I can even think of them doing. Yeah, it. yeah, because especially because with 2008 CG, like I, I don't, I don't know. Especially way with his that. body, because his body looks real. It, yeah. it looks like outside of like his chest area, it looks like his real body. I'm pretty sure yeah. he's moving his arms and stuff too. Oh yeah, no, he is. Yeah, so it, that's got to be how they did it. But it was, it just looked really good, and, and it was their, really good. Their chemistry. It was, it was a funny scene. The whole uh, operation. Their chemistry is fantastic. Like that I, line I, also. Yeah. I don't have anyone else but you is very calling back to the uh, Yinsen. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Because Tony realizes now wh- what matters to him, and obviously Pepper is like he, I guess, missed it is throughout her time working for him, and she's what matters to him. Mm-hmm. And her keeping the first one to create the iconic t- proof that Tony Stark has a heart. Uh, mantle or whatever whatever it is the little trophy uh yeah. fantastic which actually i forgot comes back later in the movie but yeah, saves his life yeah come you know but totally awesome i to- i forgot that she was the one who 
who comes up with the idea and it makes perfect sense in endgame when we see it um kind of interesting is like the two people who saved his life with that same reactor was yinsen and pepper yep yeah 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 um the two people who like uh kind of imprinted themselves on him emotionally the most that up to this point in his life um him testing his suit is obviously next he tests his suit with the hilarious it's also fire extinguisher robot <laughs> also yeah, yeah. great scene yeah his body tony uh... stark literally dies yeah. <laughs> yeah. he dies he at multiple points in the movie multiple times yeah yeah where i'm just like all right this Somehow. man when he flies back into the Death wall after he crashes in the mark one flight oh, oh yeah That's oh yeah, yeah yeah speaking of which that i literally have a note here i was like dude his arm is healed instantly like <laughs> he has he has a cast on in the press briefing, and then he goes back to his lab. Uh, his yeah, his lab takes off the 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 the, the cast, and I was just like, Dude, magic. It's been like one day. <laughs> his arm's just fine. Yeah, it's been his like one good. day. You got saved. You got on a plane, and you were immediately like, yeah, I want a burger and I want a press conference. I actually didn't even know. Go home. I was like, huh? This guy got super. He's a superhero. He got some super healing. Yep. Yep, I didn't even notice. I, I, that's that's actually true. Literally, he's like, "Yeah, my uh, broken elbow is fine." A day later. Yeah, they, they had to keep the 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 cuts on his face though, or else that would have looked, that would have looked strange just to see him perfectly healed. But I guess they didn't want their star actor to not use one of his arms for a while. The flight scene where he decides to fly, and of course, this is a callback that'll happen in all the MCU movies, where Jarvis is like. It ain't ready, dog. And Tony Stark's like, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> you have to walk anyway. before you run, which literally wins him the fight in the end. Yep. And yep. Uh, that first flight scene, I think, is great. I think filming it at night does lends a lot to the CG, like really helps us oh, of course, of course. not notice things. I think it really is kind of a really good character developing scene in terms of the writing where it's like him flying for the first time kind of signifies like him breaking free of like his past self who really wasn't an identity and getting his own identity through flying you know through being this this superhero that he's turning himself into we obviously have the foreshadowing of the icing scene where he gets yep. iced and he's able to save himself where actually a, a scene that'll happen in a ton of marvel movies where these iron man suits just turn off in midair maybe <laughs> build a safeguard so that if it turns off in midair, there's like a backup power or something, Tony. Like for the love of God, like people falling in giant metal suits, like the, enough of that. I, Tony Stark's not about safety. <laughs> He's not about safety here. He's more about touch and go. Honestly As he true. says, you've got to run before you can walk. So honestly, true. Um, clearly, that doesn't uh, work out too great. We have the we we have the scene of him going to the the uh, the gala uh, that yeah. no one thought he was going to show up to. Pulls up in an Audi. Audi constantly representing every MCU movie. Tony's in an Audi. Well, they made got... a ton of money <laughs> off of these I mean, movies. Got a bunch of brand also, deals. Also, something straight up... uh, something I think that that you you glossed over is that they have this is Stain has a uh, a scene here where he brings in pizza and shit, and he tries tries again to get into get take a look at the arc reactor and stuff. And I think this is later. This is a later scene. No, this, this is, is, this the is after the gala. It's before the gala. This is before the gala for sure. I'm oh, you're sure. right. It is before yeah. the gala. Yeah. yeah. And and what I was thinking is is um because this gala that 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 he doesn't didn't no one expected him to go to. I think this is when he begins to realize that Stain is betraying him because he asked Jarvis if he ever got an email about it, and he realizes that someone has been intercepting his emails. He didn't get an invite to this gala. Yeah, you're right. 
You're right, actually. That, I forgot about he, that. I don't know if it was that. I felt like more like he was so out of touch that he doesn't even go to his own events that he just didn't get an invite because he just never shows up. That, I mean, that's maybe, what I got from that. I feel like like it makes more sense for for Stain to be intercepting his. It could his go thing both business. ways. It could go both ways, actually. It really could, because it, it could because it, literally at the gala, we have him dancing with Pepper. Obviously, their chemistry. They don't kiss, which I think is a really good decision to have them not get together in this movie. I think it's actually a really smart decision to like yeah. kind of flip the movie's story on itself, where it's like, oh, you think you thought they were gonna get together, but no, this is gonna take time. Second yeah. Colson sighting. Another Colson sighting, which is fantastic. Just making fun of Shield. I love it making fun of colson awesome um and then like of him. course like we were saying yeah Col i just what a precious colson, boy colson's just a mate he's an avenger dude he's he is an avenger it's just oh <laughs> not, not um, yet not yet but he will be and then we obviously have the uh what luke was just alluding to the the obadiah stain scene where on but the before steps that, before that he gets handed pictures of a certain town Jensen's hometown, yes, Goldmira. Yes, by the reporter, by the reporter, yes. Goldmira and his weapons destroyed his, this this town that was Jensen's and hometown. And obviously Goldmira is the town Jensen is from, he re which is why it leaves such an impact. He remembers that. And that's why, she, that's why he abandons Pepper on the, uh, on the, on the, on the gala, yup. And he goes, he goes, to, first thing he does is go to Stain. And Stain is like, you, you know basically, basically admits, Stain basically admits that, that, He's betraying him, and, and that yeah, he's he filed, evil. Filed the injunction against him. He quite literally tells him to his face in front of all the reporters as they're taking their photo. Yeah, <laughs> just straight up tells him he's like, "Yo, I'm in charge here. This is my shit." Which is hilarious because it's like Tony, like I saw this shit coming from a mile away. Like yeah, you should no, have been able to see Jeff Bridges is uh, like, "Come on, yeah, come why, on." Why did he admit that he's a traitor? Uh, because. I actually I don't know why he could have <laughs> waited, right? Like he could yeah. have kept Tony in the dark a little longer, but I guess it's to show that like uh, Stain, maybe it's like a mirroring thing where Stain is also so narcissistic that he can't not reveal that he's a traitor. You know? Yeah. yeah. It I might also have think... also been that like just to put Tony in his place. Like I guess he was just tired of dealing with Tony's shit, so he was just like, "Here, <laughs> sit down, kid." I think that um, you know, how Tony Stark like kind of has like. He says that he's an aversion to being handed things. I'm pretty sure that starts here after he gets handed the pictures. Oh, you know what? You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That is that does start here. Wow, I never noticed that. Indeed. See, they just take these little moments and they just like <laughs> build on them, and you don't even realize until you go over it again. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Tony's angry about this. The betrayal is kind of the thing that pushes Tony to really start trying to do something. Um, and the fact that it was Jensen's hometown that was being destroyed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he goes to Afghanistan. Which is, this is where he flies to Afghanistan to, to put an end to this. One of the for his character. Yeah, I would say. Which which is funny because in this movie, like we were talking about, they struggle to kind of weave in the character development to the action scenes, but this middle action scene does that so perfectly. Yeah. Um, With him, you know, getting rid of all the terrorists. I really love the the part in that action scene where the terrorists are holding the townspeople hostage <laughs> yeah. and he just looks at all of them like and he, he just he, he stops, like he stops the 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 hand laser and he's just like puts it down and you're like oh no is he is he gonna you're like what's he this? gonna do what's he gonna do and then he just <laughs> missile mini missiles all of like, them like like he thought of this beforehand <laughs> like he was like okay well if they take hostages i'm gonna have like a a guided <laughs> missile like small missile like systems that'll just take out like people holding hostages like that's so genius like it's just like yeah 
Like, I just thought those how... were guns. I didn't know they were missiles. No, 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 it was literally like mini targeting missiles. It, it that very, that it is very amusing. That's hilarious. Speaking uh, of, the suit looks great. Yeah, the suit looks fantastic. I also really love how the suit being golden is like actual context. It's not just yeah. his, his vanity. Oh yeah, he looks at the car yeah. and, and gives it a color. No, no, but the gold. It's plated yeah. gold so that he can. It doesn't freeze. Oh, yep. that yep. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I that's I forgot. That's why it was gold. I was just thinking the car was the reason it had it had the red and gold. But you're right. The car just gives it the red. Yeah, yep. the accent. He yep. was like, "Put some hot rod red in there." And Jarvis yep. and Jarvis is like, "Got you, boss." He leaves the uh, the second in command, I guess, terrorist with the people, townspeople who. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely gonna kill that guy. So, like, kind of a bad look. Uh, like, I mean. He could have taken him to jail. Yeah, he was about like, to execute men just because. Yeah, I guess. So. I guess you're right. He's he's yeah. like, a, like the worst of the worst. Also, so he it's... doesn't really have any connections, so that he couldn't really put him in jail. Yeah. 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 He Actually, also, true. He had also just murdered a bunch of other people, so like. True. So he probably didn't. Just, just yeah. grabbing the main person and putting him in jail would be kind of. Yeah. Strange, I guess. And what's funny is the, uh, the, <laughs> this is the point where there's a there's a line in here I didn't write it down, but I totally forgot. Um. Where he Tony Stark kind of becomes a soldier here, like this kind of alluding to what you were saying earlier, David, where they it doesn't show the fact that he kills people, like affect his mental psyche. I forgot about this. It kind of does because he's like, there is no, this is the mission. Remember, he says that to somebody, like I can't remember who he yeah. says it to, but he's he he almost has like seeing himself as a soldier now. Well, he's seeing himself as like I feel more of like a vigilante, somebody who has. I think to that's afterwards, Anthony, up. when he's talking to Pepper when she yeah. threatens to leave. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Obviously, as he's flying away, the United States Air Force gets uh, a hold of it and uh, <laughs> is completely shocked at what to do. We have this really cool jet jet fighter scene with him. Yep. Uh, kind of not a great look for Tony when he almost kills the Air Force pilot, but ends up saving Same. him anyways. Um, we also get to see that uh, 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 Terrence finally finds out that uh, Tony That he's is... Iron Man? Yeah, yeah. Rhodey, Rhodey, not Terrence. Terrence Tell him it's the training accident. Tell him it's a training accident. Yeah, the training exercise. I love that. Yeah. It's a training exercise. <laughs> He's like, just call it a training exercise. I can't just call it a training exercise. That was what I was talking about earlier in the movie, where it's like the yeah, moment he says that, you, and then it cuts to him like yeah, going, uh -huh. it was a training exercise. <laughs> I like that Pepper isn't like, in these superhero movies, we get a lot of cliches of like the human characters that are supportive of our heroes, where they're just kind of like, why are you doing this? Or like kind of immediately not for it. And she is questioning him on it but she's not like against him completely just yet we, yeah we, she was we see one scene where she's kind of against it and she's she like to leave the company she threatened to leave to like to quit but like immediately turns around because she realizes like that well, yeah what, once 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 she hears his motivation as anthony was saying yeah but it was literally it's literally yeah. one scene it's all I just, that's what i'm saying scene. i like that it's not i like that it's not yeah. prolonged i like that it's not a long part of the plot where it's like yeah. pepper is totally against this and he has to commit to her yeah. and prove to her that he's yeah. doing the right thing you know she kind of just gets like a it five minute span where she's kind of like i don't know if what you're doing is right and then and then she kind of like, just gets i need it. to do this yeah. and this is why and she's like yeah. okay well then i'll help you out then we have another iconic stain moment in retrospect, <laughs> I now hate because of Spider-Man Far From Home. So, uh, to no one's surprise, Stain obviously being evil. Um, yeah, yeah. He's an unfortunately predictable villain. He's uh, obviously, he's he's in the, the, this is an iconic scene for me, is when yeah. he's in the, uh, he's in the lab with the arc reactor and Which the scientists hate. are struggling and he's just like, <laughs> Tony Stark was able to build this in a cave. With a box of scraps, and he's like screaming at this tiny little uh, 
uh, scientist who would later go on to be a villain in Far yeah. From Home, which is what Luke was alluding to. I hate that. Not, not only I hate that, that, so much. I love, I love the that. response the scientist gives to him. He just looks at him and he's like, sir, I'm, I'm not Tony Stark. Yep, which is great. <laughs> fantastic. Um, yeah, if you want to talk about rewatching energy. stuff, that actually is one of the things that I genuinely dislike <laughs> that I used to I, love. Who, 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 who is this villain? So this, why, okay, did you so guy, why did you dislike it? The guy that Stain yells at and t- tells him that he built it in a cave later on for whatever his name is, Mysterio, he's like one of the, the guys. And they literally really? flashback in the thing to showing him being yelled at by Stain. I literally do not remember this whatsoever. Yeah. This is <laughs> yeah, it's I, in Far From Home. It's it in far feels from home. it feels like it's just so like 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 in, in Far From Home it's just so like like thrust in. It's like, oh yeah, I remember that guy. He got and then he went on to be evil for some reason. <laughs> well they, they they obviously show in far from home i mean like kind of like branching off here a little bit like jake gyllenhaal has made barf and tony Stark kind of just steals it which like is really funny to me we kind of see like in movies that don't feature tony stark tony stark's kind of a dick still kind of a dick well a little, even little movies, jeff bezos energy even the movies with tony stark like you just see it f- from the perspective of him so you yeah empathize with him more than like in other movies than in other but movies, even, yeah. even in his own movies he's still kind of a dick yeah he's still yeah. kind of a dick but like you just see that he's struggling with like anxiety and all this bullshit and you're just like oh okay well <laughs> it's fine that he's a dick because we can we see that he's struggling with his own yeah shit too. yeah because we're able to empathize with him a little more than as if you know like a movie like uh far from home where he's just kind of not there and we're just kind of seeing the 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 mess he left yeah uh for everybody to deal with um the last the I was gonna say the idea of a CEO billionaire like being so close to the evil he creates in the world and pushing back is kind of a message like the world kind of needs like a lot of I wish a lot more CEOs would look at this movie and look at Tony Stark and be like I should be more like that you know I mean unfortunately it is a movie it's yeah not, exactly yeah but I do I do like that uh that hopefulness in this movie in in yeah. terms of the groundedness in comparison to our reality. Um, I mean, I feel that's in a lot of MCU movies, though. It Marvel is. Marvel usually is. is more optimistic than they are pessimistic. It is. It is, which I, I, I'm a fan of. I, I definitely am a fan of that. There's a time for both, but I, I definitely am a fan for, of that. The movie uh, being all about self-discovery, we we, which is like really Tony Stark's kind of fully realized at the end of the movie. Like, that's why we're, sit, where we're talking about because we're towards the end of the movie where he kind of isn't like... The character development of him finding himself is kind of over. It was already kind of solved, I guess. So, yeah. The way that I've been looking at it, thinking about it, like now that, that you brought it to my attention, is that this isn't his self-contained arc. That it continues on forward in yeah, Iron yeah, Man two and forward. Yes, and so it keeps going, obviously, but they kind of drop it towards the end. Yeah. And like David was saying, and like I was saying, this is the moment where the the last act of the movie kind of starts to feel, yeah. you know, a little Power a Rangers-esque. I have a question. How did Stain? get into this house that is just, so such a good yeah like no but just, but like he we saw earlier that the reporter the, doesn't have access to anything he can't yeah, even, she can't even leave she can't even leave I, but did she try to leave she it seemed like she just pressed a panel on the no, wall she tried and... to change the thermostat and she the like, driver's like you don't have access to that so if you can't have access to the right, thermostat, yeah you've got you've got me you've got me I find like did did just start just forget to take him off of the authorization list or something like yeah that's probably like he was probably already on the authorization list, but it's like you just forget. <laughs> it's like you said, yeah. you just forgot because it's he like he knows up. he's evil at this point. Like, but he just shows up in his house and like, surprise, I'm stealing your heart. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. scene though, the fantastic scene, yeah, definitely very bad. Um, yeah. First that time was... the movie uses Dutch angles. 
which I'm usually <laughs> not a big fan of at all, but it's so good in this movie. Like, cause it's like, yeah. it's the moment where Tony is fully realizing that Jeff Bridges is his super villain. And it's just the music, the, the angles, what Jeff Bridges is saying to him, like, this is your legacy as he holds the arc reactor kind of like, uh, mocking him in a way. Like it's really, really good. Speaking of camera angles, I have, I, I forgot to mention this earlier, but I loved the cave scene where he's finally Iron Man, and it's just, like, these super weird camera angles, like, a bunch of film grain, like, placed in the weirdest spots. I thought that was just so unique. It, it, I felt like a, uh, it was definitely, like, a risk to do, but it, I think it paid off. Like It made the it, action it just, stand out. Yeah, it was, it was just so different. It, even, just, it, even, it was so different. Even rewatching it 13 years later it makes the action stand out and it makes that scene super watchable. It's just like yeah. this is this is awesome. I'm like you you're just it's really easy to follow what's going on, but it's also very unique, like you said, in the way that they're that they're shooting his like yeah. his uh fir- very first suit. Going back, going back. That... Obviously, Stain leaves. Tony is dying because he takes his thing out of his chest, and this is yep. where the proof Tony Stark has a heart comes in later. He goes down to the garage and is able to get it out. Rhodey comes and saves him and is able to put it in for him. And then Tony suits up and starts, you know, starts the final act where he's going to fight, uh, you know, crazy Jeff Bridges. Rhodey looks at the suit and says, next time, the very first <laughs> instance of uh, some Marvel fan service where it's just like, here you go. That's a Here's different actor. So you never got to even though, yeah, even though he never got to win. <laughs> He never gets to where he goes next time. It's like, pause it, like, turns black and white. It's like, little did he know there would be no next time. Dude, that was so funny. Yeah, yeah. that was and great. Point, I, I was literally watching it. I started laughing. I was like, oh, no, you yeah. sweet, sweet boy. This is where the, a lot of the horror elements come back because yeah. uh, Pepper is yeah. um, with Phil Coulson. Oh, well, Pepper steals the, the thing from uh, Obadiah's uh, office. Yeah, 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 she downloads it. Which is a pretty decent scene, I guess. I mean, like, I thought it was the, okay. The We're just kind of moving along. The one thing they, I did like in that scene... They know that they have the suit. Yeah. Suit blueprints. Well, they get all the information, right? The, the one yeah. thing I really liked in that scene, though, is when she uses Coulson as, like, a safeguard. <laughs> yep, we're walking Because he's, right like, now. chasing her, and Coulson's like, did you forget about my appointment? And she's like, no, right now. Come on. Just just watch my back, please. <laughs> I love that. Um, and then, obviously, that's when the horror elements start to come into play, because they're trying... Her and S.H.I.E.L.D. are trying to break into the uh, Stark offices, and that's where Stain is, and we get the call back to that dark scene where the, the mask suit shows up, and... Yeah. Um, him chasing Pepper through the 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 lab and just destroying everything later would be called back in Avengers when Natasha's running from Hulk. That like immediately reminded me of that. Yep. Like a giant monster chasing a woman through a hallway. Like it's like, all right, Marvel, we see where you're going. You know, um, Stain is he may be a predictable villain, but I think he's a very good believable villain, especially for Tony Stark. I. I honestly, I kind of disagree with you. Really? Because he's like, I was thinking like his entire plan was just like, just like it's like he's like a one note greedy villain. I mean, sure, but it's it's believable why like okay, so literally, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Up until this part of the movie, I agree with you, and then this part he just loses his fucking mind. What, yeah, like, not even like because like he has he has such a good thing going. Like he even calls like Tony is a golden goose, and for you to kill him. It makes like no sense. You're well, just getting t- rid of your best. T- asset. Yes, yes, but like I feel like I mean I guess you're right because he tries to kill Tony before Tony yeah. changes. He tries to kill Tony yeah. before Tony changes. Before he so, makes the start dark reactor. In a way, you're kind of right, but it's still uh, aside from that particular 
like I think he just wanted the company for his own. Yeah, aside from that particular nitpick, it still is all there. But like I said, at the end here, it just all falls apart because it's like, yeah, what yeah, is your yeah. plan, bro? You're just gonna <laughs> get in a yeah, suit and kill everybody, and then and then what? Be like, this is and then all of the arc reactor technology company? will be mine. Yeah, like what? Like rewrite history? Like I don't get, I don't really get. Like Rhodey's gonna know that you're evil. Like you can't kill yeah. Rhodey, you know. So like I, I that scene really just kind of was like. I will say that was his the, turn. The ending was probably the weakest. Unfortunately. His turn, like where he just becomes an absolutely insane person. I'm just like, all right, like I don't even. Yeah, the ending okay. fight was definitely probably the weakest. It was, oh, it was a cool fight for sure. But I really like the fight, like when he uses the motorcycle. Yeah. To hit him with it, that was super cool. The little family in the car, Tony saving the family, getting dragged underneath it because the lady's just flooring on the gas. <laughs> that was it hilarious. Did look so strange. The the actual the uh, inside the suit shots of Stain, like how we see Iron Man, like uh, when he's inside the suit with his face. Yeah, it definitely didn't look as good it, as Robert it Downey. Did not yeah. look as good. It looked they, very. Like, I, I think it, that might have been done on purpose because Marvel loves to do costume stuff like that to kind of allude to story beats. So, like, I think the whole his like yeah. inside looking shitty is kind of to show that his suit is kind of a shittier version yeah it was just it was just very funny seeing yeah like, <laughs> tony stark and then you flashed a big big boy stain in and then his massive mech also and like what the yeah hell? the mark one looks fucking goofy as hell when it flies too. oh my god yeah 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 it does some of the some of the obviously 13 year old <laughs> movies some some of the ending vfx is where it's like yeah. oof it could have worked it on like that one a little. A, a um, toy being like... Another incredible Jeff Bridges line, impressive. <laughs> Where he's like, he's sitting out of the suit. <laughs> impressive, Tony. <laughs> like he's just gone full like cartoon villain at that you point. Got my aiming. <laughs> it's so good, and he's just shooting and completely missing. And it's like, yo, how hard is this thing to shoot, dude? Yeah. Like you're not even wearing the mask, like. Um. Pepper trying to sh turn the arc reactor on to blow him up. Uh, yeah. Tony uh, in danger, kind of willing to sacrifice himself yeah. a little bit. Um, Sacrificing himself, the first scene we see him as a hero. Yeah, the first scene where he really is kind of just like, screw my own safety, the safety of these other people. I also yep. really liked like going back to the car, the highway part, where he saves that car of the family. Like that. That's... That's something you kind of need in a movie yeah. like this is you, you want to see the characters do heroic things. Like, you don't just want to see them fight bad guys. You want to see them save people. Like, that's a big... I hate to be, like, Marvel versus DC, but that's, like, a big aspect of, like, why Man of Steel doesn't work for me and this movie really does is, like, in Man of Steel, Superman's just fighting. It's just an anime, you know, action set piece. And at no point does he care about any of the innocent people. And, like, with a hero... Like, that's something in the moment I'm going to notice. Like, yeah. if I'm like, oh, look, he's saving people. Like, that's that's what it's all about. That's what they're. That's why they're becoming heroes. It's not to get in big, cool fights with people for us to see. It's to save lives. Yep. You know? This fight um, is the first time we see Iron Man Tony Stark as a hero. Yeah, as a hero, yeah. really. Like, I mean, we see it in the, in the Afghanistan yeah. scene for sure. See, but I, that, I wouldn't even say that because I would say he's like... It's more revenge in that scene. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, this one is the first time where we see him just like full blown. He's just trying to save people. But it's his call to action for saving Genson's town. Yes. I mean, it was definitely a step to being a hero, but I don't think that's when we see him as the hero. It's not it's not fully instinctual yet, where it's like kind of like yeah. that uh like alluding to anime a little bit, like the my hero thing they do where one of the themes of that is like oh, the person God. 
with the instinct. <laughs> it's the first thing I could think of where they like his just legs be- moved without on his own. Yeah, exactly. Where they just kind of like it's not subtext, it's text in that shit story where it's just literally like, hey, let's explain to you what being a hero is. But like, it's really what it is, is he's like on instinct. He's not think. it's not, there's no motivation right, to save just those say people. Just Stark of Quark lives. <laughs> it's not, there's no instinct yeah, to is. save those people. He just is saving those people, you know, off instinct, off rip. He just goes, I got to save this, these people. Like, it's just his yeah. first thought, which is something that in the beginning of the movie, he probably wouldn't have thought, you know? Um, and then obviously, so the fight ends, Jeff Bridges gets, you know, literally exploded like blown <laughs> yeah. to smithereens like another kind of sad. i'm kind of uh, sad about that again another problem that the marvel movies definitely had which they're getting kind of good at avoiding is they kill the villain and uh i think obadiah stain would have been cool in some other yeah. some other bring stuff him back eventually yeah you know bringing back a villain as we see with zemo and falcon the winter soldier yeah. it works really well and it, get, it helps build the character that the villain has and it helps it helps us become attached to the villain, so we'll feel things for both sides when we're watching these movies, as opposed to in this movie, we're just kind of like, hey, just kill him, beat him, you know? Like, yeah. Obviously, we, after this fight scene, really quick ending. Like, the fight scene ends, and then we just get like a small three minute scene, and then the movie ends. Yeah, it's like you get the small press conference, like, but in that three minute, that small three minute thing, like, you get the most iconic Marvel thing, probably of the, all time. Probably well, the most one iconic. Of one of them. You also the have most Tony getting Marvel rejected by Pepper. Tony gets rejected by Pepper, which, like I was saying earlier, the great, like, twist on that. Um, Coulson is there and obviously talking to him, and he's the one who tells him, um, you're going to be a bot, you're going to say it was your bodyguard, just read the cards, uh, which is an uh, allusion to the comics. For a long time in the comics, Tony Stark in the 70s, 60s, and 80s would say that Iron Man was his bodyguard, and no one knew the identity of his bodyguard, when in all actuality, it was just Tony Stark being Iron Man. For whatever reason, that's how they went about his secret identity in the comics, because secret identities were a big thing. Yeah, in Marvel comics for forty years plus. So I'm saying this movie, this this movie kind of revolutionizes it and flips it on its axis because he's supposed to read that you know it's his bodyguard, and and if you're a Marvel fan and you're watching this for the first time, you're like, oh yeah, he's gonna say it's his bodyguard in the movie ends, and he just. Because of how Robert Downey Jr. plays Was, his character, they can't do that. You can't do. He's not. That's not believable. What's believable is him dropping the cards and saying, "I am Iron Man." You know. Was Was he um, going to say that that um that Iron Man was his bodyguard, or was he going to say yeah. that someone else yeah. was his bodyguard? He was going to say yeah, Iron Man was his bodyguard. bodyguard. Okay, I thought I thought they were going to say that the other character was his bodyguard, whoever his name was. No, no. Well, that line he, yourself like from just being like, "Wow, that is probably the best scene uh, in this movie." I think my favorite scene. Well, I have two. I think, you know, the one that I have to say is probably the best is, you know, the I am Iron Man scene. But my other favorite is the one where uh, uh, Tony gets Pepper to replace his chest piece, the arc reactor. I think that was just a great scene as well. Yeah. But unfortunately, less memorable than the I, I, I am Iron Man. Scene. That's literally so iconic. It yeah. revolutionized yeah. the way Marvel is doing superheroes now. Yep. I, I think for so me, what the, about you? the best, without a doubt for me, is the... Uh, where he's building the the Mark II suit for sure, when we see that, his entire body through it, where with the with the with the fire extinguisher and all the jokes and uh-huh. him for crashing into the car, I love that fire extinguisher stuff. It's where so he just funny. like he's like it's actually a tasteful comedy. What did he say? He's like, I'm gonna donate you to a donate to a college, a community college. That is hilarious. Um, yeah, I agree with you, David. My my scene of the movie is I am Iron Man. Um, it, just, it just has to be. I love that scene. I that's it's like you said, it's iconic. 
Perfect. I would actually agree with you also that the pepper scene is another one that's great. Yeah. Um, and then also Terrence Howard saying next time, baby. That's just <laughs> great stuff. Great stuff. True. Just fantastic. Um, so who's your favorite character? Uh, you know, uh, there's yeah, Tony Stark is the best character. He's the best character. I really wish that I could say Obadiah Stane, but just you know, Robert Downey Jr. Just, it's it, obviously Robert Downey Jr. It's yeah, got to be. It's he's yeah. the he's you know Obadiah Stane comes close for me. Like I like those two lines, impressive, and and Tony Stark impressive. was able to build this. Like both of those are just <laughs> impressive. <Yeah. laughs> they're they're both just so good. But um, yeah, it's I, definitely my, it's definitely Tony. Character was that the 10 rings leader or whatever i that was yes, that guy was yes. just so yeah if we're talking least favorite a, a, that was my least favorite he, sure. he was easily my least favorite it was just like he's why, generic bad guy yeah it was the generic bad guy like i guess you find out later that he is just a generic bad guy but even then it's just like do something else like he he was so annoying just to even see him in this movie like it was just like pointless it was it was to to drive the plot forward. Yeah, he was a plot character for sure. He wasn't an actual fully realized character, which was kind of yeah, sad. It was yeah, but um, you know, I, it was probably the worst character. So, <laughs> so some trivia and go through some stuff. Um, Don Favreau actually felt that Downey like his past background as an actor would act like you know in his story would actually help fit in with tony stark because tony stark is kind of this damaged redemption story yeah and it kind of perfectly lines up with his real life story um this thing i was alluding to in the beginning of the podcast about the script the script wasn't fully finished when filming began they were more focused on like action story beats and set beats and you know, set pieces um, so the dialogue was ad-libbed throughout filming they actually filmed with two cameras every scene so that they could catch things and robert downey jr would do a bunch of different takes saying different uh different lines line readings and stuff so a lot of those jokes are just him coming up with that on the spot which is just awesome yeah uh clark Gregg was supposed to have a much smaller part this is like literally the birth of colson he was supposed to be just agent but his chemistry was so good with the other cast members that they added more scenes from him and he obviously would go on to play a huge role in Later movies like uh, Thor, The Avengers, Captain Marvel, um, getting his own fucking spinoff series that I love. Um, it was Marvel's first self-financed movie, so it was just a Marvel Studios movie. First one they've ever done like that. Paul Bettany himself has never seen the movie, which is hilarious. He literally worked for two days and got paid, a, as he says, a giant bag of money <laughs> and, uh, and left. Um Jeff Bridges said he did not like not having a script um, and called it a $200 million student film. <laughs> but he said towards the, towards the middle of filming, it kind of made it more fun for him, which I, which you kind of see. You kind of see, like, especially at the end, like, yeah. it's probably not written. Tony. Yeah, that's not written. That's just him. <laughs> that's just him being like going as like cartoon villain as, you know, as much as he can. Yeah. Um. To avoid spoilers about the final press conference, the extras there were told it's a dream sequence. Because that's obviously the big twist of the movie is him revealing that he's Iron Man. Yeah. And um, the uh, Iron Man scene was actually ad-libbed by Robert Downey Jr. That wasn't in the wow, script. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That is, that that's, is fantastic. That's actually, the, that's actually the craziest part. That's crazy. That's nuts. Um, the Burger King thing is actually a callback to Robert Downey Jr.'s real life. He thanked Burger King 
for helping him go straight edge in 2003. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. Never mind. Uh, He went to Burger King with a car full of drugs, and he had a burger that was so disgusting from Burger King, it made him rethink his life (laughs) and dump the drugs in the ocean. So he agrees with you, David. He does not like Burger King, which is hilarious. Burger King King sucks. Burger King is garbage. Um, John Favreau actually lost a lot of weight, I guess, during this movie, which is good for him. Good for you, John Favreau. Um, He's happy, isn't he? Yeah, he's happy. Yeah. He's also happy in this movie, which ends up becoming a character himself. And he would be an executive producer on all these movies and, and be like, <laughs> he would be kind of in the brain trust of the Marvel Studios, you know, universe. He would kind of work with Kevin Feige on all things Iron Man, kind of the, in the way that James Gunn kind of, you know, if there's a movie with the Guardians, they consult him and ask him, hey, what are your opinions? What are your thoughts? Do you want to write some dialogue? You know, stuff like that. Pretty good. Uh, let's see. What else here is pretty interesting? Nick Fury's in the movie. <laughs> oh my god, True. the credit after True. credits scene. Credit. Yeah, totally we didn't even that. go over that. Yeah, Holy we crap. totally forgot about that. Yep. After credits scene, Nick Fury is just like, just shows up. I remember this was the moment when I watched it in the theater that my mind was at. Like, the I Am Iron Man one is the one that like blows my mind. The Nick Fury one is the one that literally made me lose my shit as a comic yeah. book fan. See, I, I wasn't was, a comic book fan and I was just like, who is this guy? I was like, the second I saw the eye patch, I was like, Oh my God, is that Nick Fury? And it's Sam Jackson's Nick Fury. Obviously, I've been reading Ultimate at the time because Ultimate yep. was like the new Marvel comics. And he, Sam I'm Jackson, so happy they Nick Fury is based one. off Sam Jackson in Ultimate. And I'm he told so them, happy they picked, they picked that one. Well, they so what happened with that is they when they made Ultimate uh, Ultimate Marvel, they were like, well, we're gonna make uh, Nick Fury based off Sam Jackson. And Sam Jackson caught wind of it because he's a big comic book, anime, manga guy. Yep. And he told Marvel, you can do that use my likeness like literally make it me but if you ever do a movie with him i have to play him and marvel was like sure and that's perfect that's That's so baller that scene blew my mind i remember leaving the theater with my friends and we were all all we could talk about was like are they really doing the fucking avengers no way there's no way we're getting a movie with all the avengers on screen that's crazy like it was just order of 2021 yeah and now you've got every avenger on screen Obviously, Jarvis is a tribute to Tony Stark's butler as a child, Edwin Jarvis. Uh, I don't know if you guys knew that. No idea. Um, no clue. Shows up in Agent Carter, which is actually canon to the MCU. And he also shows up in Endgame when um, Tony Stark sees his father. We see Jarvis there opening the, uh, the door for his dad in the flashback scene in the 70s. Oh, shit. Played by the same actor who played him in Agent Carter. There you go. Robert Downey Jr. described the portrayal of... Being a cha- it, it being a challenge of making this like weapons manufacturing CEO womenizing asshole into a likable character and a hero. And yes, he did it. Jeff Bridges actually shaved his head, so that's his real shaved head and real <laughs> beard. Because he said he always wanted to do it. Literally, not even for like the look. He just wanted to do it, which is hilarious. Well, he looks like a goddamn. Um, this is actually super interesting. An early draft of the script revealed Tony Stark to be the creator of Dr. Octavius's tentacles from Spider-Man 2. So they were going to try to tie it into the old Spider-Man movies. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's actually crazy. And that lends some credence to what I said about uh, maybe the horror elements being it. Being inspired in, from the Spider-Man movies. Movie, yeah. 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 That's actually nuts. But they couldn't do it because Sony at this yeah, time, yeah. obviously, was like, you know, no. Fuck um, Sony. Fuck Sony. Ironmonger was supposed to be the main villain of the second film originally, but they kind of flipped it around. So and killed him off. Yay! Killed him off, which is sad. Let's see. Anything else that's super interesting? 
I think we can go on to giving it a rating and stuff now. Okay. Yeah. Some of this is just a lot of like behind the scenes stuff and where it was shot, shot in California, obviously. Yeah. Uh, in the original comics, it is the Vietnam War. It's not the Iraq War, but yeah, that's what Marvel did. Is, yeah, modernizing it. Yeah. And so I guess now we can kind of just give our closing thoughts. Like, what would you, what would you say about this movie? What would you rate it? What do you think? Do I give it a uh, a Marvel movie score or an actual movie score? A both. Marvel movie give, score. Give them, give them Marvel movie score is both. nine out of ten. Normal movie score is seven out of ten. Okay. I would Why say. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Um, because it's like up there with the best of the Marvel movies, but still, it's like not anywhere. Like, actually, not like phenomenal from like a movie making standpoint, or like you know, it's nothing that any pushes much of any boundaries. But it's still a pretty good Marvel movie. Yeah. Okay. See, I would yeah, say. I would I would say like an eight out of ten Marvel movie and seven out of ten for normal movie, just because I felt like the end was just it just it didn't click, it just didn't click, like so it, they, there were just sometimes inconsistencies that took me out of it. Yeah, um, Robert Downey Jr. definitely carried that shit, and he was fucking fantastic. Yeah, so it was Jeff Bridges, like like the main cast was fantastic, one of the Paltrow, and just you know. It was it was a really good movie. It was a really good movie. It just had some you know cliches and inconsistencies. So that's why I say uh, eight out of ten because you know Marvel's definitely stepped up the game now. And compared to comparing it to what we have now, I would say it's probably like an eight out of ten. It's definitely yeah. a solid origin, but it sort of lacks in places. And that's why I would say it's like a seven out of ten for like a normal movie as well. Yeah, I would give I would give it a Marvel movie score of like an eight point two. And a regular movie score like a seven point seven five. Nice, I like you. Oh I'll give it a, a, a going a very 7. specific six two five eight seven. Yeah, very specific with my my numerical ranking for a very important reason, and that reason is there is none. I just wanted to be special, but um, right. you are special. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I kind of just agree with what you said. It's it's a great starting off point for the MCU. It yeah, really 100%. is. It, it really is just a really good like introduction into this universe the final scene being the only one alluding to the future i think is a good idea i think if they had done too much of that it would have taken us out of it i think just having one scene where it's like hey we might be building towards something really really smart really good idea. well for all the astute viewers who like know shield they probably (laughs) have that right yeah yeah that's what i'm saying i knew comics and so when i saw that i immediately knew where they were going and i was like oh my god this is gonna be nuts yeah i I can't believe they're doing this this realistically is the movie that sort of started it all it like it, it made so it, it well it is but i mean you know you had movies before you had like the incredible the whole, yeah you no, had superhero next. movies but this is the one that started the yeah this is the one that started that mcu formula. this is the one that normalized superhero yes, movies yes this made, is the, the, the beginning of the end where superheroes and all stuff nerdy is just now so be, the beginning of a like of a movement really in hollywood where movies tentpole ip movies are kind of the movies you know you want to make yep. now to make the most money um so yeah that was uh, that was iron man this week we all enjoyed it next week next week we are doing the incredible hulk because there's some characters in that movie that are in the mcu later on in the future and it is sadly still part of the mcu my memories of that movie are that I don't like it, and I'm not looking forward to watching it again. Never but seen it, and I don't want to see it. So we're gonna watch it, and uh, we're gonna. I'm probably gonna expect uh, the podcast to be way shorter than this one. We could honestly, we, we might were, release a two minute episode where it's like it sucked, uh, and then it's just over. 
we, we might be able to do that. We might be able to, you know, watch Iron Man 2 as well and do like a mini, a mini one for Hulk and just be like, yeah, it sucked. All right. Oh, Iron yeah. Man fuse two. them both. Fuse them together. That'd be a good idea. Yeah. That'd we be might a good be able idea. to do that. Yeah. If we do that, I think we should do it in like two weeks. Like, like yeah. give us, give us time. Get, just kind of get it like, out we, of the we, way. We, we, we have this like bi-monthly. Okay. Instead of yeah. every week. And then if other people want to do like something in between, there's two weeks where somebody, we could do like a different podcast for like anime or shows or like whatever, a different movie. I think, I think bi-weekly is a good uh, release schedule for this. Unless, unless it starts picking up traction and then we can start doing it like weekly and whatnot. That's right, motherfuckers. If you like us, we'll do more. Very clever, Tony. Um, so you guys can find <laughs> impressive, Tony. You guys can find the us at various places. I think we have the Twitch up for this, where we might be recording some episodes live uh, at Critical Hits on Twitch, right? Critical Hits Podcast. Critical Hits Podcast on Twitch. At uh, you can also find me at Captain Rogers on Twitch underscore after Captain Rogers. David is uh the meme daddy on twitch, on twitch. and i don't think yeah, luke you have any twitch or anything he has a huh? twitch i don't think he uses it yeah I'm a ghost. I'm a all right um, so we yeah have the i ghost, think but you can find us there yeah i think we're also putting on what 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 places are we putting it on we put it on youtube yeah we're putting this on it's going to be on youtube trying to put it on spotify on uh apple Podcasts. just Woo! basically gonna try to put it everywhere we can get podcasts out uh and you guys Damn. can find us like we said it might be bi-monthly it might be weekly it depends. Most likely, after Incredible Hulk, we're probably just going to do an episode for each movie. So, might end up doing it weekly. I don't know. But we've got other podcasts planned um, down the pipeline yes, for yes, everybody. Sir. So, that's the it for this episode. The first episode of Critical Hits and of Critical the Marvel Hits, Madness Marvel series. Madness. Marvel, Marvel Madness, baby. Madness. MCU. MCU. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody.